Um, before we start the show, we just want to quickly throw our, not even quickly, we want to throw our condolences to the family of Shad Gaspar and the family of Hannah Kimo, Kimura. Um, Shad Gaspar, as we previously talked about in our last episode, uh, was swept away at sea. His body, unfortunately, uh, came ashore and he was confirmed to pass away. Um, it's very, very sad and very, very tragic. Um, there is a GoFundMe out there for the Gaspar family. Um, it's already a minute ago, but please, please, please go out there and donate. We'll have a link in the description of our podcast. Um, as far as Hana Gimura, this is also very, very tragic. Um, she was in stardom. She has been wrestling since she was eight years old. Uh, she is the daughter of, oh man, I am so horrible right now because I forgot her mom's name right now. Uh, her mom is a wrestler too. Her yeah, mom sure. actually won a title in like 2011, 2016. And yeah. She started wrestling pretty at a pretty old age. Not, I mean, not old old age, but you know, just a little older than most people start out, I think. Yeah. She started wrestling, she started wrestling in her late 20s, early 30s. Uh, but Hannah started at you know, the ripe old age of eight. Um, she won the, she won the DDT Ironman. Uh, I can't remember what it was at age eight, but she was a huge, huge thing in stardom. She was also a, uh, she was also a part of a Netflix reality series. And this is where kind of things get really grim. Um, apparently people, you know, were cyberbullying her because of her appearances on the show and, I guess some words that she said to another one of her housemates on the show. Um, and anyway, it's in any regards, it's a horrible fucking thing to have to go through, to have to go through uh, being cyberbullied and to the point where you take your life. Um, I'm my. My heart really, really goes out to both the Gaspar and Kimura family. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine what you know both families are going through right now. It's yeah. Be yeah, nice people. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's like she was super, super young, and like I noticed last night that like. There obviously was a big, um, there was a lot of people, especially who who work in Japan a lot and were close to Hanakimura, uh, you know, talking about her online and talking about, um, uh, you know, talking about how she was as a person and obviously what happened. And then I also saw a lot of people who didn't necessarily know her know her. Like, I know Big E was one of the people that... Uh, you know, that said something about her and like, you know, he said like, you know, I didn't know her personally, anything like that, but like, you know, you can tell how much she loved what she was doing and how charismatic she was. And I think this obviously resonates because not only like does, do all these people know what it's like to, to be kind of cyberbullied, you know, to go through that because you're in the public eye so much and to have people, you know, consistently critique you and then, you know, just say mean stuff, but, you know, obviously the, um, the age 
of uh, of Hanukimura. She was literally only 22, and you know that's still very young. Like you know, I think I know. You know, every time I get older, you know, that age seems to just feel like that's not that's not really anything as far as just like a life. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, just so last, yeah, just like night last night we were talking about dumb shit I did at the age of 22, and you know, it's it's she was still a baby as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, and like a lot of other Joshis, um, that I, you know, I she she really did start at a young age. She really has been basically wrestling for most of her life, and so you knew that she was committed to it and that she loved it. And unfortunately that's a person that's not going to be around now. You know, that's somebody that could have probably, you know, been a big star that could have probably would have been known like around the U S now, since a lot of stuff is starting to travel around to to this part of the world. Yeah. Uh, But no, I hope that she, you know, is resting and she doesn't have to deal with all that hate anymore um again it's unfortunate and i i really hope there could have been something different or somebody could have helped her but yeah be as kind as you can to each other like i know we talk like you and i we talk a bunch of shit on this show i think we talk even more shit off the show yeah but like we but like you know we we, we do it in a way that's not gonna hurt that's not gonna, you know, that that we don't want to cause any harm or think yeah. anybody think we don't want to make anybody think that we want them to cause harm to themselves. No, we have I mean, opinions. Yeah, we don't have hateful opinions. I mean, we have opinions. We don't have hateful opinions. We, you know, we we joke around. We bullshit a lot, and you know, out of the sake of entertainment out of the sake of entertainment but nothing ever comes out of our mouth for hate it's usually out of you know for entertainment yeah i think we have more like we get more annoyed concepts than we do with people and trust me we do get annoyed with people but just like it's one of those things where like you you can dislike people if you want but it's not necessary to go online and like tell these people to to go hurt themselves or yeah. to hurt others or something like that because that's really not necessary because you don't know what exactly they're going through and you don't have that right either like this is a person you don't know like you know them but you don't know them know them you don't know yeah. what's going through their head you don't know the shit that they've been through in their life and to just make to have that assumption that like you have this right to tell them what to do with their lives or to tell them how to end their lives is just absolutely disgusting. And I think this is a big problem in a lot of fandoms, but especially wrestling. Um, like, and this is, it's the problem with social media in general because like, you have the ability to put your voice out there and you have the ability to be heard but that doesn't make your word law. Yeah. Like you're everybody has fucking opinions and they're just like they all don't have to mean everything to everyone, you know. And um, I think people forget that words have consequences sometimes and this is one of those situations where words have consequences. Yeah, I hope if the people I doubt it, but I hope the people who are listening who 
joined in on hurting Hanakimura. If you're listening, I truly hope, like, you find peace in your life and you understand what the fuck you did because that's, it's terrible. And I hope you never have to go through that with somebody close in your life. Um, but yes, uh, again, uh, you know, yeah. rest in peace to Hanakamoto and Shad Gaspar. I think I mentioned in our uh, our wrestling on our Twitter on the podcast Twitter TNDW uh, at TNDW Pod um, that he went out a hero, and yeah. you know, I, hopefully, and like I said, I speak for Don when I say this that. I hope that we can be uh, that selfless when either of us become parents because he, I mean, he did what every parent says they would do in a a hypothetical situation and he he did it. And, you know, luckily his son is safe and his family is safe, but unfortunately, you know, he really did make the ultimate sacrifice. Um, Did you see that picture of the vigil from the other night? Yeah, I did. There were several of there were several wrestlers out there, and there um, were there were big names. There were uh, Kofi yeah. Kingston. There was Shelton Benjamin. I think. Oh, I saw. I saw your boy Ryder. Yeah, Ryder or, was there. Cardona. Yeah. Uh, is you know who was surprising to see Ezekiel Jackson? Yeah, I know. I was really really surprised to see him. I was really really surprised to see him there. Um, still looks good. He still looks yeah. almost the same, except he has hair now. Yeah. PG Black was there as well. Uh, PG Black. Course, I think. Was Cena there? Yeah, I thought I saw Cena. I don't know if Cena was there. Um, I don't think I saw. No, it was Cardona. Sorry, it was Cardona. Yeah, it was for some Cardona. reason, he looked a lot like Cena. Yeah. It's there. Um, it's I think Rusev was there. Uh, Rusev was there. He. Lana. Lana was there as well. Um, there was a lot of. There was a lot of. Uh, oh, JTG obviously was there as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one second, I'll put on pause. Technical difficulties, we're back. Um, there was a, there's a lot of people, there was a lot of people there at the memorial. JTG obviously was one of the bigger ones there. Um, yeah, his wife had a very, very, very emotional speech. It's surprising how fast that they have like these memorials always set up. So I was just like, who the fuck started making these? Because like if you like, I don't know if you saw um or I don't know who saw uh who fucking posted it. Oh, oh Bati- um, not Batista. I think Batista was there. Uh, yeah, Batista I was heard, there. I forgot who posted. Uh, but somebody posted them walking um to the memorial site and you know as they're walking to the memorial site there's a bunch of pictures up there uh of shad and shad's family and stuff like that and like you know these on easels and i was just like who the fuck made these these made they made them so quickly but um you know i'm sure right now she has uh siliana has a lot of help um and yeah uh please donate to the gofundme if you can uh we we did we don't have much but you know we wanted to at least you know the gesture is what counts the most, especially right now. Uh, he did uh, he did entertain us a bunch. I really loved uh, Crime Time uh, back in the day. Crime Time was one of my favorite things. They were. I, it my... was it was very dated. Um, I don't think you can really necessarily do that so much now. Maybe you can. I don't know. I figure the closest we have to that is whole... profits. 
Street, I was going to say Usos and Usos Penitentiary, but yeah, Street Profits. Yeah, the closest we have is Street um, Profits. And... But yeah, you really couldn't do that today. But like at the time, I really appreciated them. I uh, really found them super, super entertaining. And I wish, like, I'm surprised that they didn't have a tag team uh, run, like a, like a championship run. Yeah. Even though they should have, they're one of those teams that, you know, they missed out on putting the belts on them because that would have been super entertaining. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know it, it it's unfortunate and it's kind of yeah it is what it is unfortunately like that. but yeah if you can um donate to the GoFundMe watch a couple shadow uh G, uh crime time uh matches even his uh, little uh little heel run back in two thousand eight two thousand nine two thousand nine I think two thousand nine two thousand ten yeah that's was, when uh, he uh, yeah I was going on JTG. I was going back and watching some of his stuff, like from his heel years, and even as a heel, he was fantastic. Um, not really known as a lot of the movies he was in. He was actually in quite our movies and TV shows. Let's say. He was in quite. Yeah, a he was. Of, he was an actor. He really got into acting, and yeah. you know, he he was kind of typecast, like you know, like most big dudes like him usually are. But I mean, some of the typecast people that start as typecasts turn into really big uh, movie stars. Like, look at Danny Trejo. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was super typecasted, and I think Shad was probably going to get to that point at some point. Um, well, he I mean, he got to work, work yeah. with Will Ferrell. He got to work with Will Ferrell and get hard. Um, uh, he was in Dust Till Dawn, this TV series. He was also in The X's, which was on TV Land. And actually, I really, really loved his character in The X's. Mm. He basically, uh, he basically played a a former friend of one of the main characters who used to bully him when he was, when they were kids. And, really? Uh, yeah. So when, you know, he shows up, like when he shows up on the show, you know, he's just this big, super buff dude who kind of has this like very, very kind hearted voice at first. Mm-hmm. But if like something doesn't go his way, like he, you, you hear the aggression come out of him. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's very, very funny. Um, it's very, very funny. If you get a chance to check, just, you know, do a quick YouTube search of, search of Chad Gaspar and the X's. It's really, really funny. I really, the most surprising thing, I might have heard this. I might, like, I don't remember if I heard this, but mm-hmm. I know that this is true that apparently his body was used as the, as, like, the prototype for, or, I mean, as, was the model for Kratos in the recent yes, God of War. Yes, that is very true. That um, was super, super surprising. And also, like, at the same time, I was just like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes 100% sense. And that's exactly... That's so awesome as well, just because I, I didn't realize know that until after he passed away as well. And it was, like, when I found that out, I was like, oh, that is that makes 100% sense. Um, also, he was in Black Panther as one of the guards, but he was uncredited for that role. Oh, really? Yeah. So. I mean, that makes sense. He's an, he was. I mean, he was starting to become more of a more used name, I'm sure, in Hollywood. So it makes sense they want to put him in in Black Panther, and I'm glad he got to do that. Yep. The most recent movie he was in was uh, Birds of Prey and the Fabulous, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, uh, where he played the Lord's leader. Um, he Again, that movie is fantastic as well. It's worth. You saw it already? Oh yeah, I I own it. Oh fuck, I haven't seen it. I own it. Um, 
I can't remember the last time I went to a movie theater. No, the last time I went to a movie theater was to see uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That was the last time I've been in a movie theater. And so that was back in October. That was August, probably August, the, that was probably the last movie I saw in theaters, and that was back in February. Because it came out yeah. uh, it came out on Valentine's Day, but I have because Wow, that's right. Holy shit, that feels like it was a lot longer. Yep. It came out on Valentine's Day, but I had advanced uh passes for the Chicago premiere for it. Yeah. Which was kind of a whole thing where we got to like I took my mom out to this because she was she loves Harley Quinn. Really? Yeah, so I took my mom to it. It was at a big. It was a film. It was in an IMAX theater downtown at Navy Pier here in Chicago, and they had like this photo booth thing, and they had this like Harley Quinn makeup booth thing, and you could take like pictures with like you know a hyena, one of Harley Quinn's yeah. hyenas, like but like a stuffed one, not a real one, obviously. Damn it. Um, yeah, and like you know, it was it was it was really really cool. It was really, really cool. A lot of studio execs there. And yeah, I remember seeing him in the movie and just thinking like, oh shit, that's Shad Gaspar. Mm. So, um, he will be missed. I There's no easy way to segue into news from here. Um, yeah, a lot of the shit doesn't feel like it matters. And obviously it hit, um, it hit everybody like a lot. And it's just like, but a lot of this, especially last night's pay per view, is something that I think everybody needed. Yeah. From not only from not only these two big losses, but just from everything that's still going on, because we do still have a pandemic, despite you know everybody, you know, and their mothers going to buy fucking ceramic like pots and some shit because that's what's necessary and everything like that. But so, I, I'm really, I'm just really just exaggerating. But real quickly, um. Real quickly, just want to touch on this. Um, the former revival, now going by FTR, has been hit with the cease and desist by WWE. <laughs> um, it all stems from their new, from their new uh, t-shirt design, which showcases them wearing the uh, silly concept clock art stuff that, you know, is no longer, that's, that they were going to kind of lead WWE doing. But, uh, uh, yeah, WWE has put out a cease and desist and that shirt is no longer available on PWTs. So, I'm kind of sad I didn't get a chance to get one of those shirts. Oh, God, I didn't want one of those shirts. Those are awful. Jesus Christ. It's those, so... Every, just everything about that is awful. Did you? And that's their second cease and desist that they've been hit with. Yeah, I know. The first season of this was from a team that has been called a revolt for numerous amounts of years, for numerous years, and uh, that they also hit FTR with a season of this as well, which, I mean, there's so many teams on, you know, on the wrestling circuit, like, you can't know every single one's name, but who knows what FTR is going to, I think that, that, I think that was a, uh, just like a placeholder too. Yeah. I don't think they were necessarily married to the revolt. I don't think so either. But no, yeah, just, oh my god, the fucking Dr. Seuss hat and fucking cash and a do-rag, like, that's just... The fucking Flavor Flav clock. Oh my god. And, like, did you listen to the the episode of Jericho they were on? Uh, yes, I did. It's so, it's such weird, like, 
logic. It's just like it's 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 one of those like oh you want comedic tag team wrestling they won't give you comedic tag team wrestling. It's just like oh okay. It's almost just like oh you want to have sex? Well we're gonna have sex. Like all right. Well I don't see how this is gonna be bad. Um, we're n- we don't really have time to talk about Raw this week because a it sucked and b there's so- <laughs> way too much to talk about for last night. Um, but we will qu- go over some quick points on this coming NXT or this past NXT. Um, mm-hmm. there was a match made official for Matt Riddle versus uh, Timmy Thatcher, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a cage fight. Um, it was also announced this week that Kurt Angle will be a special guest referee for that match at in your house. Okay. I'm cool with yeah, that. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. It's, it's going to be good. It's but, something to get people interested because what if fucking, you know, Angle get somebody in an Angle slam or an Angle lock? That's true. That's very, very true. Um, also, also, uh, Charlotte Flair is going to be putting up her title in a fatal, or sorry, yeah, a three-way. I like three ways. Yes. So she will be facing Rhea Ripley and Io Shirari for the... Shirari? Yeah, Io Shirari. Okay. I know what I said. Okay. Just going to uh, disrespect the last name like that. It's just, all right. She's going to be chasing the Sky Pirate. How do you like that? Is that better? Sky Pirate sounds so wrong every time I say it. It sounds like a euphemism for something. Like, I'm just not entirely sure what. It's just like, oh, look at the Sky Pirate. It's just like, all right. Anyways, go on. Uh, those were the big takeaways from, those were the biggest takeaways from NXT also, this apparent, week. Apparently, uh, they, they might have Charlotte pull a hat trick next week. She might be appearing on all three shows because Lord knows that's what she needs. So, yeah. Here's the thing. Apparently, WWE doesn't really see her as a heel or a face. They just see her as a star. Charlotte Flair is that one annoying girl in class who we know she's smart and we know she can, you know, she's going to succeed, but she can't stop rubbing it in your face. Yeah. And it's just like, please go away. Please put your hand down. Let somebody else have a chance at answering a question. Let somebody else have a chance at, like, you know, I don't know, doing something good because, you know, that's refreshing. Like I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm I've been over Charlotte Flair ever since I think WrestleMania like 34. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been over Charlotte Flair since Charlotte Flair. <laughs> since she became Charlotte Flair. Yep. Speaking of Flair off, Flair signed a new contract WWE, but it's not Charlotte. Yes, it is uh, Big Daddy Rick. Big Daddy Ric Flair signed up a new uh, a new contract with WWE because you know WWE really really needs to focus on those next generation stars. 
Oh, totally. And, you know, we're going to see a uh, next five-star match between Ric Flair and, uh, I don't know, let's spin the wheel of randomness. Uh, I was going to say Austin Theory, but that's actually a pretty decent wrestler. Yeah, he's a really good wrestler. Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas? I was going to go Baron Corbin. Because you know they would. No, but no, Baron Corbin's going to beat uh, Braun Strowman clean for the WWE Championship. I don't know what's worse. <sighs> mm, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Ric Flair versus anybody right now still. I don't want to see Ric Flair versus anybody. He's 71 years old. Like, just stop. Stop. There's no reason for you to wrestle anymore. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? On Ric Flair resigning? Yeah. I mean, you know, the money's there, and Lord knows that he's all about the money. Um, I don't think there's necessarily anything AEW could really offer, or any other uh, company that he that could offer him anything uh, that he'd want. I mean, like, yeah, Arn's in AEW, but, I mean, realistically, his daughter's in WWE, and he's going to want to support his daughter as long as he can, um, you know, Nothing for him in Impact anymore. Nothing for him anywhere else. It'd be cool to see him in, like, ROH, I'm sure. But then again, with everybody, like, not really doing anything and probably not doing anything for a while still at a capacity that's what everybody used to be used to, I think it's best for him just to sign with WWE. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. So here's where I have issues with this. WWE just let go of how many people a month ago? 40% mm-hmm. of their of their of their staff, including wrestlers, you know, producers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Ric Flair's deal is probably a high six-figure, low seven-figure deal. Yeah, that's true. What, what they would have – so what WWE would have spent for a fiscal year – 2020 to 2021 mm-hmm. keeping all those people still employed would have been in the low to mid seven figure range yeah they chose to let go of 40 percent of their staff and wrestlers With that same money, they could have, with that same exact money that they used to keep Flair. I'm sure there's a logic to it, and I'm sure there's a lot of people just being like, well, that money is not being all paid out at once, and it's probably like a, it's not really a downside guarantee. Because I think only, only, I think only active performers get a downside guarantee, whereas Ric Flair is just like a, either a nostalgia pop or like something for Charlotte Flair to come out. I'm sure it's more like a appearance basis. I mean, oh, wait, wait. Or I'm sure, I'm sure it's like a legends contract too, because I'm sure like Sting they wasn't necessarily Sting's legend contract run out, but they signed Flair. Well, if you're gonna keep a horseman, you might as well keep one of the original ones. I guess that's the only horseman that they have until they signed Steve McMichael. I didn't realize. I didn't realize till recently that Sting was 61 years old. I thought he was younger. I don't know why I thought he was younger. 
Because he doesn't look that old. Yeah. I thought he was like 52, 53. I thought so too, but I was I just thought about it too. He was pretty old even when WCW ended. Like he was in his, what, 30s? No. He was 40s. in his 40s. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of that's why. Well, see, I remember that was the big thing about WCW is that everybody in WCW was so fucking old. You know, <laughs> fucking Sting, GDP, Hogan, Nash. I guess, I guess uh, when you look at, I guess when you look at 1999 Sting versus 1999 Hulk Hogan, like, yeah, he looks younger than Hogan. So you you go with suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Flair was still pretty old too when he was in WCW already too. By the time like they had their last match, like he was still pretty old. He was pretty up there. Yeah, you but know, Flair looked he old. He didn't look as old as he looks now. Obviously, no, yeah, he still looked good. Yeah, he still he still kind of looked like how he did back in like the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he doesn't look. He didn't like he said he didn't look like Hogan. Yeah, he did not look like Hogan. Um. So SmackDown was a show. Um, from what I've seen, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Here's my issue with SmackDown. That it's SmackDown and it exists. I mean, yeah, kind of. See, uh, remember concepts, not people. Concepts. <laughs> my issue with SmackDown is they had the wrong main event again this this week. Yeah, what was it? It was a uh, it was Otis, right? It was Otis and Mandy versus Ziggler and no, 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 Sonya, no. right? No, uh, the main event was Jeff Hardy versus uh, Sheamus in the Intercontinental Title run. Uh huh. But here's so here's how SmackDown went. You had Dirt Sheet, Meh. Uh, that led to Braunstrom versus the men. Braunstrom won via pinfall. Um, and then the second match of the night, which should have been the main event, which was AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for in the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. Mm, the arguments could be made that... I mean, they haven't really been doing anything with Shinsuke other than the whole Artist Collective or whatever. Um, and like you would think that'd be a, a main event, but so you have we, a bigger name, like you have a bigger name, like Jeff Hardy, that a lot more people are into. Okay, maybe for as far as far as like mainstream, I guess in that sense, yes. I, but I would argue that anybody who likes wrestling has probably seen Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, without a doubt. But that's but then again, remember, they're not trying to go for the people who who watch Wrestle Kingdom, who go out of their way to watch Wrestle Kingdom. They're on Fox. Oh yeah. Trying to right. get more casuals than they are anybody else. They're going for forty nine year olds with bad bods. They're going for people who stopped watching around the time uh, you know, WCW got bought out. Yep. They're going for uh the NASCAR NFL Fox audience. Isn't isn't NASCAR still going on? Um, I think it's starting up again. I'm surprised that's not a, that's not a thing that like. Oh just no! Didn't this stop. weekend, this weekend it starts started back up. Yeah, I'm surprised it stopped at all because that's not necessarily a thing that you really need spectators for. Yeah. Not really. I mean, you, you're just fucking driving around in circles. 
Yeah, I don't, like, I get it. Maybe you want to see the RVs that are parked or whatever, yeah. but, like, again, that's not really the main show. Yep. Um, anyways, before the AJ Shinsuke match, um, it was announced that AJ Styles is being traded to SmackDown uh, for future picks for Raw, which, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. Brand split, LOL. Uh, yeah. Then you had Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair in champion versus champion match, which ended with Bailey winning. You said Becky Lynch. Did I say Becky Lynch? I thought I said yeah, Bailey. No, I'm pretty sure Becky I said Lynch. Bailey. You said Becky Lynch. We'll edit that in post. You just say, like, all I'm thinking of is, oh, never mind. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other thing to note was uh, the. Intercontinental Championship match between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, which Jeff Hardy won. So honestly, no matter who who wins this tournament, they're still a fraud compared to our real Intercontinental Champion. Oh, so that reminds me. Um, WWE is kind of backtracking their wording on Sami Zayn for his TV absence. Oh, really? Yeah. And what are they saying? So, let's see. Let me pull up their exact quote that they said. Oh, they're saying he is injured. Wow, really? That's all they can come up with? Yep. From an undisclosed injury. From an undisclosed injury. Shut the fuck up. You you read the thing you, like you said it verbatim. Yeah, I mean I figured I already know WWE by heart. Like he was he had an undisclosed injury and it was checked out in a medical local medical facility and he has not been cleared to compete. Oh yeah yeah. So now for the semifinals for the Intercontinental Tag Team, three sixty five four twenty Blaze it sixty nine nice. Championship tournament. Uh, we will be looking at Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan. Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan, okay. And then Styles versus Elias in the semifinals. So, what we're probably going to end up having is Bryan versus AJ. I can see Hardy versus AJ again. See what they can do now at this age as compared to 2003, 2004 TNA. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Right? Hmm. That might be fun. Um, but, I mean, yeah, uh, Styles and AJ is obviously going to be great. Um, just, I mean, within the parameters of what WWE will let them do, too, you know. So... Should we get to the meat and potatoes of this? Fuck yeah. So, we're recording this on the 24th. Last night on the 23rd was AEW's Double or Nothing Part Do, as I'm calling it. Part douche? How mean? Part do. Oh. Or AEW Double or Nothing 2. Can I get all French in me now? Yeah. Um, 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Where do we start? Uh, well, you know what? Let's start with the let's start with the uh, buy-in show. So with the buy-in, you had a pretty good twenty-minute match between best friends and private party. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my one of my favorite things that I liked was a uh, private party did a uh, crime time G nine in tribute to Shad Gaspar. They did what? They did the crime time G nine finishing move. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, that was pretty awesome. That, that was pretty awesome. Uh, Best Friends won, which kind of makes sense because they've been kind of booked as this really, really, really competitive team for the past couple of weeks. And apparently they've, you know, at one point they did like six or seven matches throughout one day when they were doing all the tapings. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. So I'm guessing. And they, gonna... were, they were technically already the number one contenders before this. Yeah, this match took place, and Private Party was only number three, so Private Party still has a ways to go. But Private Party still has—I mean, both teams haven't had a, a um, tag team opportunity, championship opportunity for the longest time. So, um, yeah, I really hope that's so. Looks like Best Friends will face uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega sometime down the road. Uh-huh. More likely, Fire Fest is right around the corner, so. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but to kick off the show, well, they kicked off the show with a nice little memorial piece for, you know, all the frontline workers for COVID-19, during COVID-19's mm-hmm. pandemic. And uh, they showed a memorial piece to Shad Gaspar, which I thought was very, very, very nice of them. Um then we kicked off with the casino ladder match. And the way this kind of worked was uh, starts out with two participants and every two minutes, another person gets added into the match. So kind of like a Royal Rumble meets uh, money in the bank. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was going to say like a, a new Japan rumble ladder match. kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that's perfect. That's the perfect way to describe it. Uh, but it's funny because yeah, the, uh, and I, I really thought this was neat because well, well they couldn't have that many people there anyways, yeah. especially for a ma- for one match. Yeah. Um. So making a ladder match obviously made it more exciting. Giving, I mean, it was gonna always gonna be for a championship opportunity, so that was fun too. Um. But the the poker chip, I thought that was ingenious too. It you know it didn't have to be briefcase, it didn't have to be a card. I think the poker chip worked perfectly. Yep. I think it worked perfectly. Worked with the theme. Um, you had your, so we knew kind of most of the people coming up for it. So it was Orange Cassidy or, sorry, let's backtrack a little bit. Kip Sabian. Well, let's start in order. It started off with both members of SCU, Frankie Kazarian and, uh, Scorpio Sky. And I really liked the storytelling in this because they even mentioned on commentary that they both could have, uh, you know, just finished the match right there because there was no point where, you know they had to. They didn't have to wait for the last man to enter the match. They could have just yeah. started going for the the chip at any time, yeah. and uh, both of them could have. You know they could have just helped each other go up the ladder and just take the win for SEO as a whole. But because they were both um, baby faces and because they're men of honor, you know of course they 
you know, it was all every man for himself, and they wanted an actual match. They they weren't gonna take the the easy win like that. Yes. Um, after that, it was uh, Kip Sabian, and he had the Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford. Penelope. Penelope Ford. And wow. uh, and Jimmy Havoc and uh, Jimmy Havoc and uh, Kip Sabian as a tag team has really been one of the most interesting things because that's really a it's a it's a clash of styles in 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 terms of character but I mean they're they both will do anything to get the win so yeah. it makes sense in that you know in that way. Um. After that, it was Orange Cassidy. Uh. No. Uh, Darby. Darby? No. No, 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 it was Orange Cassidy. It was Orange Cassidy, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy seemed confused and perplexed about the rules of the match. Uh, he just wanted to make sure how he, he was supposed to win, and once he heard how he was supposed to win, he got just like, not, they kept saying piss, but he was just like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it was like, well, I have to climb something. <laughs> in the, uh, so, in the post-match in the post-match uh, scrummage thing call with uh, Tony Khan, uh-huh. uh, Orange Cassidy just came and he's like, so did I win? <laughs> they were just like, oh, yeah. And Tony has told him more than 20 times already how he's supposed to win. He's just like, I, it was Shivani was just like, I didn't say it. They were like, no, 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 the other Tony. <laughs> uh, it was... It, it, that, Orange Cassidy is fantastic. But wait, you know, before we continue on, if you have not watched this, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch this. Pay the $49.99 for this because it's worth every fucking penny. Oh, the pay-per-view as a whole, yeah. Yeah. That's worth every fucking penny. Like, it's worth the entire $50 you have that you're probably going to spend on fucking OnlyFans. So... Speak for yourself. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all our fans in Alabama. Uh, the, yeah, the only fans in their in their houses are called keyholes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Again, concepts, not people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so, yeah, I, I, I totally didn't think. You know, something just. This match went close to 50 minutes, and like I didn't really, I didn't know how long this was gonna last. But they did have nine competitors coming in at like two minutes a piece. So of course, this was just like 28 minutes alone, just waiting on people. But it didn't feel like a 50 minute match. It didn't. It went by really, really fast, and that's just like that proves how creative and how fun this match was. This whole yeah, they pay- had yeah, this whole pay per view was four hours and 45 minutes. If you're not counting the, if the you're buy-in. not counting the buy-in, so yeah. you give or take, you spent about I I spent about five hours of watching wrestling last night, and it didn't feel like five hours. At no which point, is which is what you always want in a wrestling show. You don't want to feel like it's it you know it's labor or it's been taxing. Like you want you want to enjoy it. Um, uh, but so anyways, after we had Orange Cassidy, we had uh, Darby Allen. We had uh, Cole Cabana. We had um, uh, Joey Janela. And then, fuck, and then who else we, was in the match? Luchasaurus. 
Um, we're we're missing two. So let's go. To, let's repeat this order. We had Frank Zarin, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, uh, Cole Cabana. Uh uh-huh. Five right. Hmm. Uh. Then we have. Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Six. Six. Uh, Joy Janela. Seven. Luchasaurus, eight. And then last but not least, we had our mystery opponent. And uh, completely miss what what the hell just happened in the last minute. You, you yeah, just like completely you, cut you, out. You completely froze on me. Yeah. So... Yeah, we named all we named all eight of them so far. So that was wait, who was eight? Uh, Luchasaurus. Who's seven? Joy Janela. Okay. And then before Joy Janela, it was uh, Darby Allen. Okay, okay, okay. And then last but not least, we had our mystery opponents, which was none other than Brian Cage, former TNA. Impact Heavyweight Champion Brian Cage. Do you remember seeing Brian Cage at All In? Yeah. I totally forgot that he was in the buy-in. Yeah. At, at that pay-per-view, I was watching because I was watching the buy-in uh, the other night, and I was just like, "Fuck!" There was a lot of good wrestlers in this. Like, like you would think they would have been on the on the main show itself, but no, I mean, it was, I think it was a lot more fun seeing them in the pre-show for all in a couple of years ago, but then I, uh, I was not expecting that. I, so I wasn't expecting this until Friday, until Friday when I was listening to, uh, one of my friend's predictions. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fuck. I'm like, it is probably Brian Cage. I forgot that, like, I, I knew that he was injured, but I, I don't know why. I, t- I just totally forgot him. Now, you want to know what's interesting enough? Uh, but, Brian Cage signed his contract back in January when he was injured. So they've been paying him since he was injured? I mean, that makes sense. I mean, so. Uh, they, they want him that bad, and they want to secure it. He's got to secure that bag, and he, they got to secure him. I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, it. it's a good get. It's a really good get. They they've paired him with Taz, which I think is going to play into the whole uh, Darby Allen of it all. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a good. I yeah, I love, I love how they did the whole yeah him and uh, the whole Taz and Darby Allen thing because hey, two weeks Taz has been offering Darby Allen his services. You yeah. can do a lot for Darby Allen, but look what he did for Brian Cage. Yeah, and Brian Cage's first night, he got him a win. For a chance at the AEW World Championship. He, literally his first night in, he got him a win for a number one contender spot. Like, you can't really fucking go wrong with that. This match had a whole bunch of crazy spots. The Darby Allen doing a fucking skateboard jump off of one of the ladders onto another ladder, crashing and burning through it. it was my God. He was trying to squish fucking Kazarian between that ladder and the yep. skateboard. Luckily, Kazarian moved out of the way, but oh my god, that looked like he it lo- re- legit looked like he uh, Darby Allen messed up his leg. Yeah, and he sold it throughout the whole match too, which was fantastic. He 
great storyteller. Fan fucking tastic storyteller. Um, so Brian Cage won. Uh, there's just too many spots to go through on this. Like I said, go watch it. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, Brian Cage um, won. He has a number one contender oh, no. match. The, be- the best. I'm sorry. The be- I-, I thought the best thing about that whole when everybody finally ganged up on Brian, when they finally everybody finally ganged up on Brian Cage, yeah, and they put him outside the ring, and then they covered him with the rail and one of the large poker chips. And here's the best part about it: is like genius. It didn't even really phase him. Like he held out after that. He was down for maybe like less than ten. Yeah. Oh, and he so froze then up. after that, like yeah, it was over. It was done. So, he was down on that po- under that poker chip for like less than ten minutes, but after that, it was done. It was over. So because of this, he will be facing. He will be facing the TNA champion at uh, Fighter. EW champion. Yeah, at Fighter Fest. What did I say? You said TNA. Oh, sorry. I'm. I got other notes down here. So this is TNA championship. So you're like TNA, TNA. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, you are. Um. But yeah, then after this, we had MGF versus Jungle Boy. Uh, good match. I can't really, I can't really say anything bad about it. I mean, it was a good match. I think you were, I think you were completely underselling it because every, every reaction and every thing I've seen wrote, wrote, uh, written about this is that this was one of the best. It's one of the wrestling best wrestling, wrestling matches. It's. It's one of the best pure wrestling matches that you can ever see. The I top mean, people that are going to mean something so much within like the next five, less, no more than 10 years, are going to be Jungle Boy, MJF. MJF, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Those are going to be the four biggest names you're going to see in wrestling. Yep. Give it, I want to say, give it. Three to four years times, those are going to be main event players. I mean, MJF can already be a main event player. Yeah, he's. I can see him. He's what he is the best heel in wrestling. Forget about in Justin. Uh, forget about Justin AEW. He is the best heel in professional wrestling. Currently, like he is something that like I mean like remember. When uh, last year I doubled or nothing, when Bret Hart yeah. presented the AEW Championship and MJF came out, like Bret Hart was enjoying his work so much that he broke character for a second and smiled. Yeah, like if you're getting the if you're getting that reaction from Bret Hart, you're, yeah. you are doing something right. If you're getting that reaction from the best there is, their best there was, and the best there ever will be, you're doing your job right. Um. Yeah. Watch. Again, watch the fucking pay-per-view. It's there's so many good things on within this match. And to think WWE passed on him back in 2011. They did. They passed on a lot of people on this card. Yeah. Or they 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 either passed on them or they didn't use these people to their full potential. Yep. Uh Okay, so yeah. Jung Jungle Boy took the pinfall. I mean, it, that wasn't surprising. I, I didn't expect I didn't expect Jungle Boy to win. I, this was 100% MJF for me. 
I thought Jungle, I thought they were gonna give it to Jungle Boy too. No, I knew. I I I was listening to our podcast from doing that, and I I called it too. I was like, no, nope, MJF's gonna do it. Uh, after that, we had the TNA Championship. Those of you doing TNA? Sorry, TNT. I don't know why I keep saying TNA. God, somebody misses Jim Cornette. No, never. <laughs> the TNT championship between Cody versus Lance Archer. Um, I loved this match up until up until the third leg of the match. Right. Um the Arn Anderson interference the Jake the Snake, the Jake the Snake uh, kind of thing, and then not having Mike Tyson punch anybody. Yeah, they really built it up. Tyson was going to punch somebody. Yeah. And you know what's funny is that he kind of looked like. Like what? I don't know. Like it's 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 weird to say. Um, he looked like he didn't necessarily want to be there that much. No. But like this match, so he also this, looks really old too. Yeah, this match started out as one hundred percent all offense, like from from Archer, and again, these are two people that WWE dropped the ball on. Yeah, but yeah, the match. I mean, this match went in about a good twenty-five minutes. I want to say. Yeah, that sounds about right. A Cody match, a Cody pay-per-view match is usually. Usually about 20, 30 minutes. No, like, is no shorter than, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, What do you think of the TNA – or, sorry, TNA, wow. What do you think of the TNT championship? You have your mind in Florida too much. Um, the Nashville, Florida, I don't know, wherever it's more legal for you. Um, <laughs> I thought it was – I didn't – I don't really care for the, the – the design of the belt too much. I hear it's unfinished yeah. pretty much from what I understand. I think I, I think I agree with all the people. It looked like one of the Raw Tag Team Championship belts. Um, but I can see that I think it looks like they were trying to go for like more of a more of an old school like feel yeah. to the belt. Um, do you, you uh, what, do, what does NWA call their United States? Is it the NWA United States Championship or is it um, like America's something? Um... NWA America's very... champion. It, it reminds me of kind of like that that design a little bit. Because remember how they have the belt where it's essentially just like the map of the United States? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of... It, it, I think they were trying to go for something like that. Something old school looking. Something, in, something you know, uh, new. and so, But something that, call, you know, is a callback to... The NWA the old school wrestling title belt. Is it the TV? So the one that's the map of the United States, really? No, it's that's the I'm thinking of the red one. Their TV title belt though is kind of interesting because it has the ABC logo, the NBC logo, mm. the CBS logo, and a satellite logo. But um, mm. the TNT title has uh, Ted Turner's house on one of the plaques. Does it really? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't I didn't see that. So it's that's what I, I thought that was pretty unique. 
Yeah, it's. I'm sure, you know, it'll grow on us if and if it's not finished. And I'm sure once it's finished, then it'll it'll look a little bit nicer. But for now, I'm just thinking. Oh shit! Um, hold on, I need to do something real quick. Pause. Cool. Okay, so Cody won the match. If I didn't already say that. Yep, Cody is the first ever TNT champion. Um, I. I was I was really unsure who was gonna win this one, but I think it's it was good. It was yeah. great to have him to have the baby face go over. I think it's a good call, especially when you consider the lineage of TNT when it comes to wrestling and the world's family. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next up after this, we had Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford because Britt Baker is out with injury. Um, and actually, a quick, 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 quick note on that. Oh, so a quick note on that was uh, this past Wednesday during Impact, uh, Brick Baker. This past Wednesday on what? That that this past Wednesday on this past Wednesday on Dynamite. There we go. Jesus Christ. I am off. I am way did off Jeff, today. Did Jeff Jarrett pay you something? And it, like, Did he give you his gold or whatever? Like, Yeah, all that GFW gold. Uh, so Britt Baker suffered an interior tribe factor fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, she tore parts of the tendon in her knee. Uh, Khan says looks like her timetable for her return is about six to eight weeks, so two months, give or take. Mm-hmm. But they did say that she would give an on-screen update about her status on the March twenty, or sorry, May twenty-seventh, Dynamite. So this coming Wednesday. And also, a quick note: Ray Phoenix was pulled out of the casino, <laughs> the casino ro- uh, ladder match, Royale match. Uh, after he did a really, really bad dive. Yeah, that was that was, that was sick looking last night. So he was pulled out of the casino ladder match. And then if you see on Twitter, Tony Khan said that Big Bicep Tony called Joey Janela the night before to ask for a favor. Yep. So that's why Joey Janela was in that. Uh, back to uh, back to Chris Atlander versus Penelope Ford. Um, it was a good match back and forth. I mean, I don't think this was I love Chris Statlander mm-hmm. I love Penelope Ford this match didn't do too much for me though I think it's just a way to give it a little bit more um, uh, fuck what's the word I'm looking for it's kind of just getting them back in everybody's minds yeah because obviously with the whole, like, you know, doing some live, some tape shows, like, you don't get everybody that you can yeah. or that you should have. But, like, doing some good things with Chris Statlander, but unfortunately for, like, Revolution, she came down with the flu, and I'm sure she couldn't travel much once this all started. So, like, it's, it's just to kind of, you know, get everybody with fresh with who they have. So, I mean, this, this match was what it was. It was a good little outing for Chris Statlander, so I'm not too... I'm not too unhappy with it. Although it would have been nice to see her finally get some retribution against Britt Baker. Yeah. Um, Chris Statlander Chris won. 
That's all I can really say about it. I mean, it was a good wrestling match, just nothing that I would go crazy for. Um, and that kind of leads into the next match as well, I, which was uh, Dustin Rose versus Sean Spears. I love, I think, so let me, let me backtrack a bit. When Sean Spears was tied Dillinger, I think he was great in NXT, and then when he got pulled up to the main roster, he got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And then where he's at right now in AEW, he has like four different things going on at once. And I think they need to just stick with like a gimmick or just stick with a certain character for him. Mm-hmm. Because either, you know, he's being managed by Tully or, you know, he's being a gambler or, you know, he's doing the news bit. Like, pick one. Like, just pick one at this point. Yeah, you're either, you're either this dastardly heel or you're either, like, this this kind of comedy bit for relief. I mean, like, okay, well, to be fair, um, the Inner Circle does this, though. Yeah. Like, they're, heel, they're big heels, but they also can do funny stuff, like the whole Bubbly Bunch thing and then stuff that we'll talk about later in the, in the, in the Stadium Stampede. Yeah. Um, but I... I, will, I, I agree with you. He's doing a little bit too much. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be plenty of time for him to kind of explore all of his options as far as what to do with his character. Mm-hmm. But he does have to kind of single in on something and kind of just do that. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, Dustin Rhodes, uh, obviously, um, beat Sean Spears. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always good to see Dustin on the, the winning side of things. It's always good to see Dustin on the winning side of things, but he didn't need this win. Sean Spears, I think, desperately needs a win in AEW. He'll get there. I'm not I'm not necessarily completely worried about Sean Spears right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's good to have some of these like feel good moments too right now for this pay, uh, for this pay per view. Um after this match they announced that all out will take place on September fifth. From Doesn't say else? where. Yep. Uh, next up was so before the next match, they pay tribute to uh, they pay tribute to both our wrestlers that we lost this week. Uh, my, my my iPad just frozen. Sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, then we had our AEW Women's Championship match, which was, you know, Akira Shida versus Nyla Rose. And mm-hmm. my – this was also a no – I should mention this was a no disqualification match. Mm-hmm. Boy, did they take advantage of that. Oh, yeah, they did. It was, it, this was one of the most fun uh, women's matches I've seen in a while from yeah. AEW. This is most, one of those fun women's matches I've seen from any wrestling brand in a while. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the NXT uh, Portland, that match, the Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. That was good. That was, that was good. I was going to say that was fun, but I think this was, this was better. Uh, this, this was much, much better in my opinion. I, I, haven't been, I haven't seen this good of a match. I would say since uh, 
since war games. Yeah, okay. I can I can see that. So because this was just I mean this was all all over the place. It was it was brutal. You had I mean you they were going through all the props. Like they were putting each other through all the props and tables. And here's where I feel like they fucked up. They should have had both they should have had both MJF as well as Sean Spears playing craps on the, on those tables. They should have. They should have. They should have. It was a missed uh, opportunity. Utilized. Yeah. yeah, they should have utilized the whole gambling thing more. Yeah, I think it was great. Just like again, the the main difference between uh, obviously AEW and any WWE show right now is their ability to utilize uh, a makeshift crowd. Yeah. Because um, if you notice, even in the AEW shows, like you know, the people that need to wear masks are wearing masks. The people that want to wear masks are wearing masks, and then yeah. they are testing everybody. And I think that kind of shows their confidence and and just like their transparency and what they're doing. Because I'm sure WWE would be doing the same if they were testing people. And obviously, that's unconfirmed. But yeah. I think you know they should be doing that too. But again, that would mean probably spending more money on testing, and obviously they're in a budget crunch because Lord knows they need the money. Lord knows they need the money, even though it's going to be the most profitable year yet, with even with this going on. Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to the fun stuff. Uh, yeah, they're Nyla Rose and. Nyla Rose and uh, Sheeta just kind of went all over the place, tore, tore the whole house down. I mean, not to, to put it in poker terms, they tore the house down. And they were the second people to u- to utilize the poker chip. Yep. Uh, fucking shit. Sheeta hit Rose with a beautiful falcon arrow off the top rope. Mm-hmm. And it, that was like a thing of, that was a thing of beauty. She uh, gave her a kendo stick to the head, running knee. And she is our new, new AEW Women's Champion. Yes, congrats to your girl. Yes, I am so fucking proud of her. I am so proud of her. She is my favorite wrestler in AEW. She is probably, like her and Rhea Ripley are probably like my two top wrestlers in general, female wrestlers in general. Uh-huh. I'm so proud of her. Um... So, yeah, after this, we had the AEW World Championship match. Brody Lee, the Exalted One, versus John Moxley, the champion. Uh-huh. And, again, talk about fucking tearing the house down. Like, these guys literally tore the whole house down. Quite, they forget about the house, they tore the whole stage down. <laughs> fucking shades of Vader and Taz... Like, they did a, there was a lot of offense from Brody Lee. Um, And again, at one point, we had a paradigm shift into the fucking, into the fucking Uh stage ramp. Uh, Which, you know, busted up Brody Lee all over the place. I was not expecting this match to be as good as it was. Really? I was expecting shades of Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose. 
And shame on you. I know. Shame on me. Shame on me. I knew it was going to be fun. I knew it was going to be so, so hard-hitting. And they didn't disappoint. Just everything that they did, they did in this match, especially the, uh, the um, paradigm shift into the ramp of the ring. Yeah. Oh, um, that was awesome. Lots of near falls in this match. So, like, it, you know, he... he it took, he hit him with two different paradigm shifts. And, like, the first paradigm shift he hit, only a one count. Second paradigm yeah. shift he, he hit, only a two count. And uh, it finally just ended when he put him in a, you know, when he put him in a chokehold. And, you know, the referee just basically had to stop the match because he just, you know, he lifted Brody's arm three times and just, you know, wasn't, wasn't responding. Yep. So I think it's a great character work. It makes Moxie, it makes John look really, really good in terms of hey, I beat, I beat this monster of a man. But it also makes Brody Lee look good in the sense that, like you know, I never really quit. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really good. I like his uh, Brody Lee, Brody Lee's uh, new ring gear that he mm-hmm. had last night. The hell was that? I have no idea. Oh. I just heard something laugh in my headphones. But anyway, I'm sorry, go on. But yeah, so Mox is still retains. Brody Lee still looks good. Fantastic match. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super fun. I was uh I was I wasn't surprised of, of the quality. That was that was more than sports entertaining. That was, was wrestling entertaining. Now, on to the main event. Oh, this brings a fucking smile like ear to ear for me. The stadium stampede. So you had the elite of you had the elite of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy, and. Uh, Matt Hardy and Adam Page mm. versus the inner circle of Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, uh, Santana and Ortiz, Jake, Jake Hager, and Chris Jericho. They opened up with the inner circle coming out, you know, to Chris Jericho's Judas song, all wearing uni- football uniforms. Um, Jericho's jersey was 27 because, you know, his dad played number 27 for the, for, I think it was either the Oilers or uh, Rangers. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Guevara's jersey was 93 for the year he was born. And then, of course, Santana and Ortiz have 5150. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. I don't know what Jake Hager's number was on his jersey. But uh, then you had the there. There was this nice little thing too, because you know they're all uniformed. They're all coming up together, and you know that plays into the whole thing with Chris Jericho saying, you know, they're all on the same page. Where the whole had, unity between the uh, between the the fucking the team. Yep. And like, yeah, I real, real quick, I really love how they utilized the you know the end the football entrance, the tunnels. Yeah. They had the fi- they had the 
pyro, they had the smoke, and then they also had the cheerleaders. Yeah. About adding the cheerleaders was super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that, and it actually made it really, really a lot more fun. They had the cheerleaders, and they had the marching. They had the marching band, and as well as the, uh, as well as the Jacksonville Jaguar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so so as you're saying, yeah, the that uh, the inner circle, as Jericho said, has been unified throughout this whole time. They had matching uniforms. They had uh, they came out as a unit. I mean, they came out as a football team. And then you have the elite coming out. You know, they came out to the elite's music, including Matt Hardy. But they all yeah. kind of came out. You know, in their they weren't matching. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't you know unified as as the inner circle would say. They weren't unified so far as when um, when they all made their entrance, the only person that didn't come out was Adam Page. Yeah. And it was it was funny because, like, you know, I, I thought that, like, everybody else has been thinking, like, you know, at, this was finally the time that Adam Page was going to turn on the elite. But, I mean, Kenny was really, uh, you know, the you know the Jacksons asked him, like, you know, oh, you know, where's Hangman? Kenny's just like, you know, oh, he's coming, don't worry. And, you know, they start the match. They They don't even start with a bell. They started with a whistle. Yeah. Um, and so they all kind of charge at each other, starting from the end zones, and they all meet at the 50-yard line. They start going at it, and then here comes fucking <laughs> Hangman Page. On a fucking on horse. On a horse. On a fucking horse, because, of course, we're going to get Hangman on a horse whenever we can. Cowboy and shit. he starts cowboy shit, and he starts going after Sammy Guevara, trying to run down Sammy Guevara with a fucking horse. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fucking thing of beauty. <laughs> Just seeing Sammy Guevara run. So, you know, he chases down Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara goes somewhere in the fucking back back of the arena. And, you know, he just follows suit. And then you, you have this whole brawl going on outside. Eventually, Sammy kind of, you know, makes his way back into the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Hangman's still in the back looking for him, like, look, looking for him, chasing him down on a horse. And then he just sees, you know, the, like, was it the Delta Club or something like that? Yeah, it was some it was some sort of club, and he was like, "Well, there's a sign for the club. There must be a bar nearby." Yep. Um. Well, so that he kind of disappears for at least like a, the half of the match. Yeah. And then you kind of go out to see everybody else kind of fighting in different spots, and you know they had the ring set up on the fifty yard line, and the ring is so fucking tiny compared <laughs> to the so field. Funny. It's so fucking tiny, and I love how like okay, so they maybe spent like. I say maybe five minutes in and around the ring. Yeah. Which is smart because like why are you gonna ha- why are you gonna have all the match in a fucking wrestling ring when you have an entire stadium, stadium to utilize? And you know what? They fucking utilize basically the entire stadium. They utilize everything within that stadium. And nothing was off limits. Like you there were you would think that like, oh, it's a football stadium to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they can't touch this, they can't touch No, they touched it. Yeah. If you saw it, they touched it, including my PP, because that was hard and erect the entire time this match is going on. I don't blame. I mean, I don't blame you. Um. Yeah. So there was at one point where I forget it was either I want to say it was Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson was uh, suplexing. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. So I have some notes that I kind of want to go over. Um, I love that they use the field as a whole. Like I said, they were lucky that they have Tony Khan. This is where uh, having uh, Tony Khan as their owner, um, you know, is great because they have so much more 
uh, real estate to utilize because just in WWE, they've just been doing stuff in the performance center. They've kind of traveled elsewhere for certain matches, but this, you know, this was perfect. They had a really huge space and it was, it was fun to see in uh, something like an environment like this. Uh, good use of the cheerleaders. Like I said, um, for a while, I thought it was just Aubrey. And then I noticed that there's maybe like one or two more refs following everybody around but for the longest time. I thought it was Aubrey and I was just like, Oh, poor Aubrey, you're going to make her work like six times harder. Um, the, there like, sorry, there yeah, was hang- about, oh, sorry. Keep talking. I was say about Hangman uh, spent most of his time, you know, half the match in the bar, but he spent like a majority of the match on his horse too. Yeah. Just looking for Sammy. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. It, it, um, was, it was fucking brilliant. And how often do you have a horse in the stadium? In any stadium? You don't. I mean, you really don't. It was so, it was fucking beautiful. Like it was a thing of beauty. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. A, that that horse was actually pretty pretty beautiful too. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. That was a pretty horse. Um, oh, the part where um, Hardy and uh, LAX, or I'm sorry, Proud and Powerful, are fighting up XLX, in that like XLX. <laughs> How they're fighting up in the by the pool, and they just start throwing each other into the trash cans. And Tony Schiavone is just like, "Oh, that's not a trash can. That's a that's a recycling can." You know, if you notice by the blue lid. And then Excalibur goes, "Tony, every day is Earth Day." <laughs> I was like, "Excalibur, I fucking love you." I love Excalibur. Um, fucking the whole like shit talking between uh, XLAX and Matt Hardy. Uh, Ortiz telling or Santana telling Ortiz stop being a pendejo. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ortiz, Ortiz can't Ortiz, swim. Yeah, Ortiz can't swim. And then after when they finally throw Hardy into the pool, you know Santana's trying to be, just be like, "Come on, get in here." And Ortiz uses the the little ladder to get into the three foot pool. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming the elite planned ahead because they feel they must have filled that pool with water from the lake of reincarnation yep uh because when lax was uh beating up hardy in the pool they tried drowning him they tried drowning hardy in the pool but whenever they brought him back up he would become as a another incarnation of matt hardy he became uh he was broken matt hardy he was extreme matt hardy he was the first no 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 no. he's not calling it v1 anymore he's calling it the first version of matt hardy and they even had a uh, matter of fact on the side, like the old Matt facts. Yeah. And it was fun. The, the thing that, that made me laugh the most was that when he came up as the whole, or right before he came up, the matter of fact came up on the screen and then Santana and Ortiz <laughs> turned on the screen to read it. And they're like, what? <laughs> and then it, it was funny because like also on the bottom, if you, I don't know if anybody else knows, I'm sure you probably know this, but on the bottom, they had a list of like the other carnations of Matt, like the first version broken, big money, Matt, um, like, you know, other things that might've come up. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, just everything about uh, Proud and Powerful and Matt Hardy was was awesome. Yeah, I agree. And the cuts, the cuts, uh, whoever edited this, whoever, you know, directed this. Give him this, a raise. Give him a fucking raise. Give him a new car. Give him something because the cuts in this match were flawless. Like, you couldn't tell. Like, they weren't, like, sloppily hidden. No. It, it just seemed like it actually happened with magic. I was yeah. really, really impressed. Um. Um, my one of my favorite things is one of Jackson's were were was giving suplexes to uh, Sammy Guevara from the mm-hmm. from end to end on 
for men to end on the in the whole field. So there was a hundred yards of hundred yards of uh, super. Uh, hold on. I was gonna get that out because that's at the end. I have I'm I'm basically going through the majority of the match. Um, they finally uh, Hager finally finds Hangman in the bar. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, they have a good old fashioned bar bar fight, and of course, in every bar fight, what is there? A pool table and a pool cue. So they start hitting. So Hangman starts trying to hit Hager with a pool cue, but this Hager is a fucking machine. Hager knows all that so fucking well. He did, and after he finally like, he finally gets the oh, the one up on Hangman, and then he delivers a urinagi on the the pool the table to yeah. Hangman. Oh. That looked like it hurts so much because you know those pool tables are fucking thick and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then they do the whole like old cowboy. Oh, you froze there. Thing where he gra- where Hager grabs Hangman. Yeah. And just and wipes him across, him across the bar. The bar. Oh. That was funny as shit. I was like, oh my god, that's brilliant. And it was a good way to utilize both the character and the bar. I and didn't then, think they were gonna touch the bar. I didn't think so either. Um. um but that and then out. Kenny finally, Kenny finally shows up. And Kenny starts. Kenny and Hangman hit Hager over the head with glass bottles four times. Yeah, four times, and then they finally get a V. Tr- uh, Kenny finally gets a V trigger on uh, Hager, and then Hager. I mean, sorry, Hangman uses Kenny's back to roll off and give him a buckshot lariat over the bar. It was beautiful. Um, and then before, like you know, before they end that little scene, uh, you see. Uh, Kenny grabbing whiskey and then Hangman grabbing milk. They pour each other a shot, and for, but for a second I was just like, "Oh my god, is Kenny gonna do alcohol right now?" <laughs> but uh, Kenny takes a long uh, takes a long drink of milk, and Hangman takes a long drink of whiskey, and I thought that was great. It was it was a thing of beauty. Uh, but yeah, the locomotive Northern Light suplexes, uh, hundred like literally, I think I wrote it down. Matt Jackson, the man of a hundred yard suplexes. Yes. Uh, Matt Jackson, yeah. yeah. Uh, Northern Light Suplex, to be specific. Uh, Chris Jericho did hit the Judas effect on Jackson Duvall. Yes, that was on their mascot. That was funny as hell. Um, and then uh, he, I forgot what he did to Nick Jackson, but he thought he got a two count. Yeah, he and so he got, got mad at Aubrey Albert. He he got he got a red flag. He's like, no, I'm challenging it. She's like, you're challenging it. I'm challenging it. All right, <laughs> fucking, let's go. And so they go into the tent. <laughs> they and they, the, the whole time. The whole time she's reviewing it, she's arguing with him. She's like, you're not even supposed to be in there. Coaches aren't allowed in here and stuff like that. That was funny. <laughs> of course it wasn't. Too- and like, then, you're a oh shitty referee. <laughs> you're a shitty referee. And people, the, the thing that got me was just like, that camera is a lie. <laughs> uh, Jericho is a comic genius. Um, but yeah, no, after um, after Matt Jackson finishes giving uh, Sammy Guevara the suplexes, he, uh, he starts dancing in the end zone. He's just like, oh, should I do an Alex Wright? And starts dancing like Alex Wright. Yeah. And then uh, Rick Knox gives him a yellow flag. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but um, so I think Jericho named his bat Floyd. Yeah. And then Jr. started calling him Floyd Lawson, and he was just like, "Oh, like, oh, I don't know how many people would get it." And Tony Schiavone would was just like, "No, I got it," because like Schiavone was laughing like a maniac. Well, not, I mean, he was laughing pretty hard. And I looked it up. JR made a fucking Andy Griffith reference. <laughs> and of course, the two oldest men were the one laughing the most about it because I didn't hear a peep from Excalibur. So I'm assuming, like, I'm guessing less than 10% of the people people watching the pay per view were watching it understood that reference. Yeah, yeah. 
Only a wrestler would will willingly run up those bleacher steps and then run down just to do a dive. Yeah. I oh my god, I would never want to run up those bleachers. Um, and then that. once they, yeah, once they did that, the uh, hangman came out with the line marker for the field and just ran over uh, Chris Jericho with it. Uh, um, that was beautiful. And then after that, Sammy thinks, you know, they, they turn on the sprinklers. Sam, uh, Sammy Guevara thinks that he's the last man standing, that he won the match. And then it sets up Omega. And, uh, uh, but then here come Kenny and Matt Hardy on the golf cart. Because yep. of Omega and Hardy to try to run down Sammy Guevara. I want to see Omega and Hardy with the tag belts at some point. That would be beautiful. I mean, I think they would be a great tag team. I mean, maybe not the tag belts, but maybe just like, I just want to see their dynamic. I think that would yep. be kind of fun. Uh, I wonder how much cardio everybody had to do for this match because oh my god they did so much running. They did so much fucking. Running. Especially Guevara. Guevara did the most running. I think. I think if you were to count the yards that he did, he 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 goes over everywhere. Guevara like had to do some running, not only running, but he had to do some parkour in this as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, like we said earlier, just like just great storytelling. Of course, he did. Uh, but like we said earlier, just like uh, good storytelling. Uh, the douchebags were the ones with the matching uniforms, and it was the good guys, the the underdogs, the all kind of mishmashed. Yeah. Uh, hold on, give me one second. Um. Oh, Kadoki. Apparently, Vanguard has a brother named Neo and named Neo One. Neo One, yeah. I thought that was. Um, uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I no. I'm wondering if he has any uh, relationship to Brother Nero. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So the end of the match, uh, we see, like we said earlier, we saw um, Hardy and Kenny uh, chase Guevara with a cart, and that leads them up to one of the tunnels. Yep. Um, where we see the end of the match, uh, Kenny delivers one of the most brutal-looking one-winged angels. Yeah. Good. On yeah. Guevara from the top of the tunnel. Good God, it was brutal. It was brutal, but it was beautiful as well. Um, yeah, it was brutal. They won the pin. They, he gets the pin. The elite win, and uh, yeah, yeah. I this was an A plus match. I mean, there was five out of five stars match. This whole pay per view was five this, out of five stars. This whole pay per view was a five out of five stars. What little what. You know, little minor tweaks I've had, more than made up for it with everything on this card, everything else on this card. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just, here, okay, here we go. I'm just going to outright say it. This was better than WrestleMania. This was. I will. Like, even, even taking into consideration the, the Firefly Funhouse match, even taking into consideration the, the, the Boneyard match, this was better than WrestleMania. Yeah, I 100% agree. It didn't feel as long as it didn't. It didn't even feel that long for a, a spending five hours watching wrestling. Like it didn't feel like I was watching wrestling for five hours straight. Yeah. Um, fantastic. It was better than WrestleMania. Definitely better. Than, so here's the thing: if you had to spend forty nine ninety nine for this. Are fifty four ninety nine for Money in the Bank? Oh, this. 
I mean, look at you got five hours of wrestling for fifty dollars, yeah. as opposed to you, you, two hours opposed and twenty three minutes. Yeah. Like WWE needs to step up the game. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know when they're gonna do it, but they're gonna be lo- they're gonna be soon lost in the dust. Like, yeah. To AEW. I mean, if Vince McMahon didn't watch this, if Vince McMahon watched this, he's probably shitting his pants right now. Oh no, he doesn't care. It's all it's all what happens in he. He's like Prince. He's like what Prince was. Prince, Prince lived in Prince world. Vince McMahon lives in Vince McMahon's world. Sure. Like, you know, he's going to do whatever's going to make him the most money, and that's all that really matters to Vince right now. That's fair. That is fair. Um, I think this is going to do it for this episode. Uh, where can we find you, good sir? Uh, you can find me uh, at, at Fury and I, Fury, not Fury, F U R Y and I, and at the pod, at the podcast Twitter, TNDW Podcast. I'm oh, sorry, TNDW Pod. Did we shorten it? Oh, is it TNDW Podcast? Is that yeah, what I put? TN, look who's correcting who now. Hey, at least I remembered the login, all right? Fair. Uh, and you can find me at Aldan Brujo as well as uh, on the TN. The you made me screw up now. TNDW podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, Can't blame also, me for all those TNAs from earlier. Fair, but you could also find me at El Don Brujo E L D O N B R U J O on all my other social medias. Be clean. Be good to each other. Uh, we'll see you later on this week, guys. Yeah, later, bitches. <laughs>